Greetings, future lovers. This is Killstreak, episode 70. I'm Eric Goslin. Joining me here, uh, as always, although soon to be not from Austin, Texas, but really close to me in Los Angeles. Maybe we'll even be in the same room. Who knows? Mike Price. How are you doing, Mike? Not if I can help it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of wonder that about like podcasts in general. Yeah. Are people going to be recording in person again or have every, has everybody just realized that like this works fine well i i mean you know we'll figure this out but i'll say this like when i move uh i might be houseless for upwards of two weeks uh oh really yeah it's complicated we can talk about it off the air but anyways um yeah, so I feel like at least one, if not two, records. I'll bring my microphone, but I've like, I've like, we should do it in your basement and just plug. Yeah, yeah. Plug Are you proposing that you sleep in my basement? No, I'm not. I mean, if you offer again for the for the third time in as many months, I would not mm. say no because that would be incredibly generous of you. But um, you know, we'll cross that bridge well, when we get to it. I know my son will be excited. I told you off the air. I'm pretty sure I didn't say this on the air. Yeah. But the other night. My son, uh, who is now back in Rhode Island with his mother, uh, but he, we were eating dinner and he was getting excited about my mother and her husband uh, visiting. He calls them Meme and, Meme and Grandpa Bob. Uh-huh. He's like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if Meme and Grandpa Bob and Nona and Papa, who are my in-laws, yeah. and were here? Oh, and also Mike Price. <laughs> <laughs> he's 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 equated you with part of the family yeah i've risen to the level of grandparent which is (laughs) you are kind of like his fifth grandparent i'll take your disinterest you're disinterestedly looking at his youtube videos uh i mean i have i have my interest varies depending on what he's talking at me about um yeah of course some things i get more engaged in than others but uh, sure 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 well i love hanging out with a little goose and uh we'll see you know we'll see what happens but i might be available to stay in your basement um, so um on cue oh, so here we go yeah. here's something i was about to say mm-hmm. uh since since they're gone i'm here alone with my dog so he's going you he is definitely going to be barking he's he's a little bit of a barky <laughs> dog or trying to trying to Fix him of that, but you know, it's only so much you can do. Yeah. So if uh if my dog suddenly starts barking or you hear his little nails clicking around, you'll know what's happening. Yeah. If he was a member of the Wahlberg family, he'd be Marky Bark. <laughs> Fuck. Jesus Christ. He'd be if he was a member, uh if he was an actor who was in the Avengers, he'd be Bark Rough alone. Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> If, no, we're both if he was a bounty hunter, he'd be Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> if he... Oh, I got nothing. <laughs> I would have to... I was really, like, trying to lay the track as I was as the train was riding over it, so... That's improv, baby. Um, yeah. Uh, before we get any further, I do want to talk about something very important that just came up earlier today. Uh, how many Waffle House waffles do you think you could eat in one sitting? Oh, my here? God. I've never had a Waffle House waffle, mm-hmm. but I looked at pictures of some. Yeah. I feel like, like in one sitting. Yeah. I feel like I could, I wouldn't do this, but no problem eat three of those probably. Oh, In one yeah. sitting. Yeah, easily. In like a single meal. Yeah. They are, I've had a number. They're, first of all, they're very good. Two, they're like, they're smaller than a standard like continental breakfast Belgian waffle. Like they're about uh-huh. the same diameter, but they're about half as thick. 
Yeah, they seem thin. Yeah, almost like a Roscoe's wallet. Yeah, imagine two egos. That's essentially okay. the size of a Waffle House waffle. In my yeah. in my memory. And anyways, you can tell the folks at home. But yeah, let's talk. Let's tell the folks what we're talking about. Uh, the New York Times. There's a story that went viral of a fella who uh, lost his uh, uh, fantasy fantasy fo- football. Came in last, and as a punishment. He had to spend 24 hours inside of a Waffle House, but if he ate waffles, each waffle would deduct an hour from his time in the Waffle House. Yeah. And they made a big deal about, he, he like live tweeted it and, and see, this is, we're touching on what I think actually is mm. bugging me about it. It's the over dramatization of everybody's like personal stories that they're tweeting. Sure. Uh, so essentially he ate nine waffles in 15 hours and is acting like he deserves a fucking purple heart. <laughs> yeah. Like talking about the intense stomach pain and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like after two, he's like, after two, my stomach started yeah. rumbling. He's yeah. Like, Fuck you. You can eat more than two. You. I believe <sighs> that I, and I'm, I'm, I'm putting this out on the, on the air. I'm putting this on the podcast for, for everybody at home. I'm not going to do it just for free, but if you guys, maybe we do a little charity thing together, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, something like that. Maybe we can go viral. Who knows? But I bet you, you give me two hours, I can eat nine Waffle House waffles. Oh, I think in two hours, yes, I could absolutely eat nine Waffle House waffles. Um, I won't say say it's fun. I don't even like waffles very much, but I could eat them. Uh, there's no Waffle Houses near in Los Angeles, yeah. so that's a difficult thing we'd have to travel for. But yeah, yeah. I would be down to do that just to show this little. <laughs> we can't use the word we used to describe no, no. him on our personal text. Well, that makes it sound worse than what I was going to say, which was the <laughs> B word. <laughs> not, not like anything else. I wasn't. Eric and I say some terrible, terrible things off the air. But you'll never know what they are, so you can't oh, punish no. us. Don't put that out into the world. <laughs> <laughs> may be true may not be true who can say uh oh real quick i watched deathgasm you, something you did uh, oh yeah you'd seen and liked mm-hmm. and then also like followed up on me with yeah about uh it's very fun i liked it I, I watched the joe bob version yeah. of it yeah uh yeah it's a, yeah it's a ve- very good like great special effects mm-hmm. uh you know there's like some bad you know low budget cg sure stuff but all the practical stuff looked pretty great I had, a, I had a lot of fun watching. Yeah, it. I that's how I felt about it. I thought it was a lot of fun, and that yeah. is great. That's we like fun. We like movies that mm-hmm. are uh, fun and enjoyable to watch. <laughs> yeah, that's ter- turns out. <laughs> All right, well, that kind of transitions because we may or may not have found this next this movie that we're covering mm-hmm. today fun. Yeah, we're talking about Child's Play Two. Yeah, uh, sequel to Child's Play, of course. Really. Um, this is, I, I think this is the second time I've seen this movie uh, and I watched it re- pretty recently. Okay. Maybe it's the third time I've seen it actually. Was this the one that you said um, you had seen with the sound off recently? Yes. Yeah, so okay. I've seen it normally. Uh-huh. And then I also watched it with the sound off. Yeah. And this is the second time I've seen it with sound. Sure. Which I say the sound helps. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Good to know. Yeah. Um, let's just get into the blood and guts check. Okay. I think there's a lot of things working for and against this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I, I appreciate the tone of this one a little bit more than I do this the first movie. Yeah, uh, It's a more fun, like even the colors are brighter. Um, it almost feels like Tim Burton-y sure. at times. Yeah. 
Um, but also there's a real lack of violence in blood that is like kind of infuriating <laughs> for like a horror fan. Sure. But I know this is this is in the nine this is nineteen nineties. So yeah. I know this is when they're really cracking down on that shit. Yeah, we kind of turn a corner towards the end of the eighties and then we're in a almost ten year long sort of dead zone for really good gory horror movies. Um, yeah. Which I I'm not totally familiar with with culturally and in terms of like the MPAA and I mean I know that you know there was a big crackdown on that stuff with like wasn't that like Tipper Gore? And, yeah, and, like music stuff. Yeah, Gore, all yeah. the stuff with um who's the 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 rap group was it Rex and Effects or no Two Live Crew? It was Two Live Two Live Crew, crew. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um yep. yeah, catching a lot of flack. Um so yeah, anyways, that's neither here nor there. I am not actually a historian. I just pretend to be occasionally during um, <laughs> the behind the scenes segments. Um, yeah. So what did you think about the movie? What is, I mean, you know, how did you feel? You, you, like you mentioned, I, I, I agree right off the top with everything that you're saying. What was your overall takeaway? Uh, overall, I like it. I, I think it's a fun movie. It's more fun than the mm-hmm. previous one. I would say. Yeah. Not that the other one's not fun, but this this one kind of leans more into the camp quality of just the premise itself, sure. which I like. I think I think it works well for it. Yeah. Um. And and the, even the actors selected, like the actors in it. Um. I can't, uh, oh, I'm looking at it. uh the guy Garrett Graham. Like I recognize him from like Terror Vision. Is, is yeah, he's kind of a regular in in horror movies. Jenny uh, Agater from American Werewolf in London. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um and um um it, the the teacher from Donnie Darko. Yeah, Beth Grant is, is her name. Yeah, she's yeah. great. Yeah. Uh she's always she's always playing some variation on that like really difficult woman. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I always appreciate it. Yeah. I I I get her confused with Nadine from Twin Peaks. That's sometimes. that's fair. They look yeah. pretty similar. I, I know her in my head she will always be uh a cast member in Speed um oh sure yeah. yeah she's like one of the people on the i bus. think if my memory serves she's the woman ah. who dies because she like tries to get off the bus when they're transporting the injured bus driver off and they only yeah. have permission for one person and she's like reaching out and trying to get off and then dennis hopper blows her up. yeah that movie rules the movie is awesome um <laughs> yeah fun uh, cast, so yeah though. i think over- yeah. overall i like i liked it uh what about yourself um i I had really, really mixed feelings about the movie uh, while I was watching it, since I watched it. And so, you know, I continue to be conflicted. And so the best, the clearest thing I can say is that there were things that I really liked about it. And you kind of said something similar. There were things that I really liked about it. And then there were things that bothered me about it quite a bit um, Mm -hmm. and kind of took me out of it. And I, and I kept going back and forth and I saw a lot of the things that you sort of alluded to, which is like, there are a number of ways w- that I, and things that I can point to clearly and say like, this is an improvement over the first movie. Mm-hmm. But then there are also things, fewer things, I think, but perhaps more glaring things that I'm like, this is inferior to the first movie in, in this way, that way. And I mean, I, I guess I don't really need to beat around the bush. I always do this because I'm like, should I spoil the fuck, Mary kill and the rankings and stuff? It's like, which one? <laughs> and I'll tell you. Oh, so I can say this as a as a as a precursor, not a precursor. Oh, God. 
Guys, they took an edible, a... okay? No, I'm just... Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, great. It was like three hours ago. It's um, going to be a four-hour-long yeah, podcast. Let's hope this isn't the second episode of the podcast that my father-in-law ever listens to. <laughs> He's listened to one so far. I think oh, really? that's going to be it. I think that's, I think oh, that's yeah, where yeah. we're ending. I would imagine so. But anyways, what I was going to say is I still don't know which one I like better, this or the first one. But I will say that right out of the gate, I had a lot of trouble with the sets in this movie. Okay. And the overall production design. They shifted from shooting on locations largely in Chicago to this is almost entirely shot on the lot at Universal Studios. Uh And I think that they missed the mark with all of the set design, a lot of the staging, a lot of the production design, and and honestly, the way it's shot, I think is also, there is a lot less craft on display than there was in the I'll first agree, one. I'll agree with that. Yeah. yeah. It is a more workman-level uh, effort yeah. from the director on this one compared to the last, but... I don't know. I think I disagree with you. I, I like, I kind of like those, those sets um, just because it, it, it's, I don't know. It's a more lighthearted Chucky, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, and I think I like that. Cause I, you know, I said before bride of Chucky was sort of my entry into the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and that movie goes like full on horror comedy. So I, I kind of, I like this, like, yeah, this more, uh, I, lighthearted approach. I, I like the tone more. I agree with you on that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I think that, yeah, and I think that the script has, like, some really fun set pieces and ideas, but then I also think, uh-huh. and obviously, like, it's a killer doll come to life movie, so I'm not expecting it to be, like, you know, super realistic, but there are some things with the plot as it like moves along that are frustrating and that feel like they sure. could have just used like a little more time in the oven. Sure. Um, but I think the tone overall is better for sure. And I think that the acting, I would argue, is a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, I think the two mains in the last movie are good, but I think like everybody's pretty good in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What uh, what was I going to say? It, oh, did you watch that Siskel and Ebert review of this movie? I know, ne- no, sent I saw it and I clicked on it, and then like the video, it wasn't a video that started playing; it was an article, and I was like, I don't have time for this. I'll do this later. Oh, it's never funny to watch. To it is funny because they are like this two guys who just never really liked horror movies, mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh, of this ilk. Although I, I think Ebert did actually like the first movie. Okay. Uh, he's more favorable on Child's Play Two, but they're both they're both like this is one of the more vile things I've seen. Like children in danger, it is like they're just talking about it as if it were the most evil, heartless thing they've ever seen. Which yeah. is so funny because <laughs> it's it, it's not even at the time yeah. it's not. <laughs> yeah, those guys, especially when it comes to horror, they really needed to take themselves less seriously. Yeah, they just yeah, never totally. figured out how to do that. They just no, they never did. Oh, they never maybe did. they didn't care. Um, yeah. So I mean, overall, I, I, I I'm confused. I mean, I, I'm honestly confused about how I feel about this. And this is gonna be one of those movies. We've had ones where I've said this before, where it's like listening to the recap of the plot and thinking about it some more and reflecting on it. I think will help me solidify 
how I feel over the course of the yeah. next hour or so. Uh, that I've definitely had uh, movies like that for us too. Um, let's go into the making of it. But first, I want to say, um, if you haven't already, you can check out our for our third segment. We're going to be talking about the movie Murder Clinic. That's right, which is a movie that was picked at random out of John Stanley's Creature Feature book. Uh, and so it's on YouTube. You have the choice. You can watch it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessary. <laughs> Uh, and maybe stay tuned to the end to see if we recommend it, but that's something we will be talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll try to avoid uh, spoilers for. Yeah, I don't. I don't see a need to get into. Spoilers. Yeah, we'll talk about the plot a little bit, but I think overall, well, this will be a place for us to just talk about. Hey, what kind of movie was this? Did we enjoy watching mm-hmm. it or not? Should you watch yeah. it? You know that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So behind the scenes stuff. Um. The biggest things going on here are more it's more about who's not here than who is um so first director tom holland is gone his time serving the franchise has ended unceremoniously after one film based on what we learned last time perhaps not surprising he was not the most popular guy uh on the set of child's play he is replaced by john lafia who was the co-writer of the original Mm -hmm. Uh, and is uh, a guy who, uh, at the time when this movie was made, had one feature film under his belt, a couple episodes of TV as a director. Um, But yeah, he directed, his his debut was this movie called The Blue Iguana, which I have never seen, but apparently, I I know is is kind of a, a little bit of a cult movie that people, you know, I I don't want to say it's good because I don't know, but... Some people yeah, like it and I've talk heard, about it. I've heard it. of this movie yeah. before. Um, but this was his second feature. And so Mancini is back again as a writer. But Lafia moves from the co-writer chair to the director's chair on this one. Um, and then additionally, we are without Catherine Hicks and Chris Sarandon, who were both slated to be in this movie. Okay. But ultimately, both of their parts were cut from the script due to Hmm. something that I feel like maybe had an impact on the things that I don't really like about this movie. Budgetary concerns. Okay. So there was a lot of penny pinching that ultimately took place as this movie was getting underway. And I always am a little bit wary when I hear that because I think... I think there's a big difference between knowing you have a really small budget and approaching a movie from that perspective versus a production company or producers like withholding money from you while you're trying to make a movie. Yeah. So I'll say, I think Catherine Hicks, that's her name, right? Yeah. Uh, I think her presence, I mean, I guess it's, it just kind of goes down to like, do you like the premise of this movie Mm -hmm. or not? Uh, with Andy being in foster care, I missed her. Yeah. I missed her. I, and I, I don't know that I enjoyed the foster parents aspect of this. They feel underused to a certain degree. And, or, like, yeah, I mean, it's like, hmm, I don't know. I'm sort of mixed on it, actually, yeah. now that I say that out loud. I'm sort of mixed. Well, because, uh, so I'll say this, like, Jenny Agner, I expected to have a meteor role. Because, yeah, me too. Because, like, coming into this, I was like, oh, she's the biggest name 
to me as a horror fan, like on this main cast list, right? Like she is, mm-hmm. she is the female lead in American Werewolf in London. She is very good in that movie. And mm-hmm. I was like excited to see her here. And she kind of has a smallish part. And then you mentioned Garrett Graham who plays her husband. Yeah. And again, he is like, I think he does. His role is really weird. Cause it feels like they're kind of like, setting you up to think that he's going to be like a really bad guy. Yeah, they are. And then they just never really go that far with it. Kind of with both of them. They just never really go there with either. Yeah, exactly. They feel, and that's when, when I talk about my issues with the, the script, like that would be one example. I think a lot of things are just kind of like half baked. Like, uh-huh. Uh it seems like they are going to develop some sort of interesting dynamic with these foster parents. And instead they're mostly just there to get murdered. Yes. You know. Yeah. Um new member of the cast, Christina Lee, who plays Kyle, I will say of those 3, she's probably my favorite. So I am yes. glad that they made the decision to kind of center her as like the kind of co-lead with Andy. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, but I also think uh again, it kind of there's a real with the cast, I think there's a lot of underuse just of people in general um, or just things that like kind of get abandoned very quickly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if yeah. that's a valid note or not, but I'm trying to like I'm thinking of the beginning too, right? Like the like you get introduced to these like, you know, businessman yeah. characters. I, well, they, there must be more of them that got caught. Yeah. Right. There has to be. Yeah. Because like Sullivan, Mr. Sullivan mm-hmm. is like the head of the toy company. Yeah. He just disappears. And I was expecting some sort of brutal death of him. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Um, there's a whole like, you know, sign. There's like a, a team of scientists who right. like, are around the whole Chucky experiment, I guess, yeah. which is kind of funny. And that's not really explored. And you mentioned with Mr. Sullivan, especially when you consider the fact that the movie does go back to the, to the factory. Yeah. It's like, wait, they're going to, yeah. they're going to go back. To where it started, but we're never going to see this character again. It just sort of feels very strange. It's fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at Christine Elise's filmography mm-hmm. here. Because she's instantly recognizable. She's and a big I guess TV just, actor. Right? Yeah. I guess I just really remember her from Beverly Beverly Hills 90210. I never even because, watched like, 90210. Oh, really? Yeah. Like All the other stuff. Like, I don't know that I've seen. Let's see. Um, well, I certainly watched Baywatch. Uh, sure, but I don't remember. She, she had a long she arc on ER. She was on 15 episodes of ER, and that was early in the series when everybody was watching that show. Yeah. So I'm sure that I recognize her from that. That's probably maybe, yeah. First and foremost. But yeah, she's been on a lot of TV stuff. A lot of TV. And it looks like she has a main role. She is in the, in the main cast of the new Chucky series. I'm curious about that. We should do a check-in after that yeah. comes out well, to see. Who, who, I wonder when it's coming out. Will we be able to? Yeah, sometime in the fall. So we'll be done with the series by then. But yeah. We can do a special episode or something. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what the people are clamoring for. They want more, they want <laughs> more, more bonus content us. from us. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so anyways, this movie got fast-tracked. As, like, when, when United Artists bought the rights to the original child's play script, they were like, yeah, this is, this is going to be like a Friday the 13th, the nightmare on Elm street. Like they knew it. Um, Mm. and so this, this went into production really early, but it got held up because United artists got bought out 
by a parent company um, from Australia who didn't want them to do horror movies. Wow. Yeah. So the like pre-production actually got put on hold. Uh, like within a year of the first movie coming out, this was already in pre-pro and they paused and UA was like, yeah, we got to sell this to somebody. So there was, uh, a lot of interest in getting the rights to the, to the series, you know, because people saw it as something that could be pretty profitable. Uh, and at least the story, like, you know, the rumor around is that, so universal was the studio that ended up winning the bid to get the rights to the movie and the Mm -hmm. series. And supposedly, like, on the recommendation of Steven Spielberg, who who told them that they should buy it, you know. So <laughs> do with that what you will. It sounds like the kind of thing somebody would make up, but could be true. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. As, as they, well, I won't, I won't, we always quote other podcasts, but <laughs> I'll, I'll stop myself. Yeah, we're going to stop because we are unique and distinct. Yeah, we don't, we're not influenced by anybody else. That's right. Either. We definitely visionaries. We definitely don't farm fully half of our end segments from other podcasts, uh, <laughs> but just add that's not, that's not add true. horror puns to the title. Um, <laughs> hey, people like what they like. Okay, we're not here to to force anything down your throat. So, anyways, this ends up coming out uh, two years uh, more or less after the release of the first one, and that's you know delayed by almost a year, I think, from what they had originally intended. Um, and yeah, so like I said, they're. Uh, cutting like tightening the purse strings, they ended up cutting out uh, a lot of stuff with um, Catherine Hicks and Chris Sarandon from the script itself. And then I believe I'm not a hundred percent on this, but I believe at least one, if not both of them, even act like shot some stuff that was ultimately not used because they decided not to go in that direction. Oh, wow, yeah. But there was all of this idea of like a court, like a like a trial where. Andy's mom, you know, ends up being put in an asylum and supposedly there's a throwaway line in the movie about the cops like kind of recanting their statements. And I guess all of that stuff, there's supposed to be a lot of courthouse drama at the beginning of the movie. Okay. Well, I mean, honestly, that sounds like something I'm glad they. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And but there's also, you know, it's interesting because we'll talk about this one that shows up later in the franchise. But there's also at least two distinct scenes from the original draft of this script that got cut. And then ended up in later films. Um, And in the same turn, there is at least one scene I know from this in that does appear in this movie, uh, which would be the climax in essence, was originally part of the very first draft of Child's Play that Mancini wrote for the original. Huh? Yeah. So the first one, his his version of the script was going to have its climax take place in the good guy doll factory, which makes sense. That's it's like such kind of a no-brainer yes. of, like a, of like a climactic absolutely scene yeah so uh other stuff of note just uh like i said they shot the whole thing on the lot at universal studios um so there's no more location stuff and and yeah as a result like your mileage will vary but a lot of this i mean almost all the sets are constructed so it's like you you know you have things like the inside of the foster house is just like sort of I think kind of exaggerated in size and in terms of the way it looks it like it could work for you if you're thinking to yourself, Oh, this feels almost like a kid's movie and things are sort of exaggerated. And, and maybe, I don't know that adds to the terror for some people, but 
yeah, for me, I'm. I think I just I like the look of the first one better in terms of the locations, at least. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, some of those like Chicago apartment stuff it looks yeah. looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, like I said, I don't want to re- keep repeating myself. I do like the the brighter colors. Sure. Yeah. Well, I I mean, and, and I guess my argument would just be like you can also have bright colors in a real space. You know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, totally. Yeah, um, that makes. But uh, yeah, I'm not trying to be uh, negative, Nancy. Um, no. just succeeding. Um, yeah, and then what else? Uh, a piece of trivia I learned: that Catherine Hicks um ended up married to uh the main effects and puppetry guy Kevin Yeager, uh, who's done a ton of work, uh, you know, across many many years in Hollywood. He's like a big guy for puppetry and like animatronics. Um, and he also I think was the original designer of. Freddy Krueger. Um, oh, cool. But yeah, so he and Catherine Hicks met on the first movie, got married, been married ever since. Hollywood success story. Hey, look at that. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so she was on set most of the time, even though her role got cut. <laughs> Ooh, that's weird. Yeah, so she was <laughs> just like, like hanging out, <laughs> you know? Oh, that's like if you're fired from... Well, I mean, it's literally like if you're fired. Yeah. But it's like, it's like going to the restaurant that you used to work at all the time or something. <laughs> To hang out with your friends. Yeah, it's like, oh, I get it, but, you know, I, it's like, I, I understand. I would never do that because I would be too embarrassed. But if, yeah, yeah, if yeah. it doesn't embarrass you, I guess that's fine. Um, yeah. Uh, Brad Dourif recorded all of his dialogue, uh, in advance of shooting, um, because apparently it made doll mechanics a lot easier. Sure. Because okay. they could use the audio tracks they already had of Brad Dourif speaking to make Chucky's mouth move along with. Yeah. Um and but as a result, also he was pretty much not on set. Um so Yeah, and there's like no flexibility then. Well, I mean, maybe they re recorded some lines, but probably not. Yeah. Um Yeah, and then other than that, I mean it's you know it's I don't have a lot of like really revealing stuff. There's like a lot of little bits in tri- of trivia, but I, I I'm very curious to know what the feeling was like on set when they were doing this, because John Lafia, like moving from that role of, of writer of the first movie to director of this one has to be kind of an interesting dynamic for people. And, mm-hmm. and I am curious about how it all went. There's not as much behind the scenes stuff that I could find on here. Uh, and on by on here, I mean the internet. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, all in all, I mean, there's a couple people who seem to say they didn't have a great time on the, on the, on the set, but for the most part, there's just no info. So, yeah. I mean, I guess that's the case with a lot of these just like rush job studio pictures. Like, yeah, nobody, nobody at the time was probably like documenting these. Very. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm reading, um, devil's candy the mm. uh, bonfire of the vanities making of right. book, which is which is really good and it's like like re- the woman who wrote it was on set through the whole thing and it's just really uh uh thorough is what i okay. would say but okay. nobody was doing that for child's play too <laughs> <laughs> no one was writing a full-length novel about the making of this film yeah i just also just saw that child's play three came out nine months after child's play yeah fucking crazy and it's also funny because this movie was another success but it wasn't like a blockbuster i mean it had Mm. a budget 
it basically tripled its money, which is good. Like that's that's really good. But yeah. I mean, it was a thirteen million dollar movie, and it ended up making less than forty million dollars in total. But uh, right. I mean, yeah, that's profit, right? So um, yeah, it's probably. But it's like, is it enough profit to be like, get the next one out quick? Apparently, people are Chucky hungry. Yeah, yeah, apparently so. Um, and what was I going to say? There was one more thing I wanted to say. Oh yeah, so just overall, like reflecting on it, we'll talk about this more when we talk about the plot. But I will say that. I saw this when I was pretty young and watching it again, as I sometimes try to do, I tried to put my mind in another place in time while I was experiencing the movie because it is really dark and depressing if you approach it from like the perspective of a child. Sure. Yeah. Um, because there's this whole other level of the journey that Andy goes on throughout this movie um where like this is like even more so than the first movie because the first movie it's like okay he witnessed a bunch of murders and he was harassed and attacked by a killer doll that will fuck you up for sure, sure. like there he's with his mom yeah at least. he was with his mom and there's therapy but there's therapy coming down the pipeline but this movie is just like so in addition to being stalked by a killer doll he is now also being gaslit by a killer doll yeah. like yeah. frequently yeah. Uh, nobody nobody believes him yeah he's, he's taken away from his mom yeah he uh is he moves through at least two different three different living situations over the course of the movie uh yeah. the you know as soon as he has the chance to even start to develop a bond with uh with new people then it's completely smashed to pieces yeah it's just like he, this kid is getting his fucking shit fucked up it is it is pretty brutal yeah yeah so Keep your eyes open for that if you're going to watch the movie. It's a you know an interesting little journey to go on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, why don't we take a quick break, um, and then we'll come back and recap this movie. Right. zoom in on Chucky's eye. We see that his charred remains are like being, it looks like examined almost like an autopsy, but we find out soon. That's not the case. His eye gets scooped out and the title card comes up over that. I like that. It's cool. We're also tracking a big black limo. There must be some important character in there that we're going to be tracking for the rest of the movie. Yeah. 
<laughs> a big bad, perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. Um, he gets new skin. Chucky does, and we see that we're in PlayPal Toys. There's a big billboard of Chucky, or you know, it's the good guy doll waving mm-hmm. as the limo pulls in. Uh, we meet Matson, who is um, played by uh, Greg German, who I recognize as Fish in um, Ali McBeal. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know his character's name, but I was like, yeah, that guy's like a like a second tier character on Ali McBeal, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> After uh, Janusz, whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah Ghostbusters. <laughs> Peter McNichol. Peter McNichol. Yeah. Um. And then we're uh, right, right below the dancing baby. Uh, <laughs> he's like a little lackey for Mr. Yeah. Sullivan, who's in the limo. I have a meeting with some very jittery shareholders. I hope you have good news for me. He gives Sullivan a download. Basically, uh, tabloids have picked up the story about Chucky. Um, and uh, the police are denying that it was a killer doll. But um, there's still that problem of the mom insisting it's real. But don't worry. She's now in a psychiatric ward. Everything so. is. Everything's, everything's, everything's cool. Everything's good. Um, and the good news is we now have the doll. So they've, <laughs> <laughs> this, this toy company based in Chicago yeah. has a crack team of people to come find the killer doll and bring it back home. Uh, so he's in a whole like laboratory. Which is funny to me, like in like something that would be an alien or something. Uh, we rebuilt him from head to toe, and we found nothing. They wanted to prove that this toy wasn't tampered with, um, and they even had this like crazy machine that pops the eyes into it. It's like a really, it's uh, it's a real unitasker. It's like they built a really yeah. uh, <laughs> crazy, yeah, like you said, it's like it's like a really uh, intricate large expensive seeming machine that exists for no clear purpose other than to put the eyeballs into his head which yeah. someone could just do with their hands. with their hands you can just pop them in you don't need this thing <laughs> i mean i i give me into that factory i'll save them millions of dollars yeah you pay <laughs> me half a million dollars yeah i do it all um so the machine puts up eyes in i wrote yeah i wrote it's funny how elaborate it all is uh, and then suddenly, electricity comes out of Chucky's eyes, electrocutes one of the technicians, one of the lab guys, f- f- like, flings him through the window. He fries. Yeah. He's dead. And he gets really bloody, too. So. Yeah, it's like all, his face is, like, supposed to be roasted. It's all weird looking. Uh, and then we see uh, Andy in a doctor's office. Andy, are you still dreaming about Chucky? Sometimes. Uh, he's with the doctor. He wants to... <laughs> He he talks to him about how, you know, Chucky wanted his body. Like, he just kind of recounts the plot points from the first movie. Mm-hmm. EMTs rush into the lab. Sullivan wants Matson to kill this story or you're out in 24 hours. Chucky's like Chucky's moved now. You see that he's he was in one position, but now he's in another. Mm-hmm. What do you want me to do with this doll? Stick it up your ass. <laughs> then we're at the. Uh, the um, foster home and Grace Zabriskie is the is plays Grace. Yeah, the the leader, like the woman who runs the foster the orphanage. I guess it she's is. She's really. fucking great. I love her in everything. She's great, and it's so funny. Even when she's like 
you because she's played so many crazy characters that mm-hmm. in this movie she's playing it completely straight and you're like oh yeah she's not just a lunatic like she's a great actress like she's so yeah. good well i i mean i know that you know in our circles i'm sure she's very uh popular well known for her role on twin peaks but i yeah. mean her other huge tv role is uh she plays susan ross's mom who on seinfeld uh-huh and that like she is it low-key one of the funniest characters on that entire show she's so like good. Just, this like detached, half drunken disdain she has for for George Costanza. <laughs> just like the episode where where he pretends he has a house in the Hamptons and they like they call his bluff on the lie and make him drive them all the way to the Hamptons. <laughs> he's like losing his mind. <laughs> and then he's oh, like, oh yeah, that she's just so. I mean, that scene is amazing. Everyone should watch the end of that where he. Where the jig is up, and she's just like, he's like, you knew I didn't have a house? She's like, yeah, we knew. It's like, why did you make me drive all the way out here? She's like, we don't like you, George. That's oh, so fucking good. Yeah. Sorry, that's my recap of a whole episode of Seinfeld. Of Seinfeld. <laughs> just the Costanza plot. Um, so we meet Andy's new foster parents, Phil and Joanne Simpson. Or Joanna? Jo- Joanne. Um... And they they all think Andy just made all this doll shit up. Yeah. And Phil's like, are we even qualified to take care of a boy like this? Valid question. Yeah. It's like they act like they're adopting a puppy and not a human being in this movie. I don't think real foster parents are like that. I don't know. Maybe they are. I mean, I don't know. The foster system is usually portrayed in a much worse light than this movie. Yeah, that's true. That's (laughs) true. That is true. Yeah. If they were adopting him, that'd be one thing. But just fostering him, Mm -hmm. I mean... You know, the fact that they uh, aren't just trying to make money off of his presence, I think, would would put them in better company than most foster parents in, in movies. Yeah, that is true. Uh, so they bring Andy home. Um, Phil almost gets into a car accident on the way with a big Play Pals toy semi-truck. Chucky's image, like, looms across the screen. Mm-hmm. Then they're home. It's like a nice suburban looking place out on the outside. Is this shot? This must be shot in California, right? Because everything this, but they yeah. say it's Chicago. It's downtown. Right? Everything that's supposed to look like a city is downtown LA. Okay. And, and it's they, like a craftsman house that does not exist mm-hmm. in Chicago, yeah. probably. Totally. Uh, inside, the walls are this crazy pink and blue. And it's just covered in like statuary and old knickknacks. Very stuffy. Um, Andy immediately gets in, t- in trouble for touching a statue. Um, and then they're like, we collect this, this junk and it's a lot of it's fragile. It's like, so then why have foster kids? And yeah, if you're so precious about your dumb statues. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, yeah, uh, this is, and this is the first turn where they kind of set you up like, oh, he's going to be like domineering and yeah, angry. Gonna, yeah. And it's like. But in reality, like, spoiler, he handles everything, like, kind of okay. Like, yeah, pretty has, okay, yeah. Like, he's he has low patience, but he has some, and he's not abusive. He's just, like, upset part of the he's time. He's strict, like, but he's not, yeah. an a- he's not like an asshole, exactly. It's, like, weirdly unsatisfying, the route, the route that he goes on. Yeah. Um, Andy hears some music upstairs as they're showing him to his room. And he barges into Kyle's room. She's a teen there who's being fostered. She's smoking a cigarette. 
gets in trouble for it. And again, I wrote all this stuff down because I'm like, oh, this is going to play into it. Like, because Joanne's like, hey, Phil's going to shoot you if he sees this. Like, right. oh, I thought he's, he's going to be like this abusive dude. No. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy's shown to his room. There's toys in there, a skateboard. He goes to get the skateboard and oh shit, a good guy's doll falls out. What a dumb thing to have in the house of a kid who is <laughs> potentially terrorized by a good guy doll. Truly. It's like, you really, if you're about to foster the famous good guy yeah. doll yeah. murder kid, Get the there's really just there. the one thing that you need to screen your house for. Yeah. Do we have a good guy's doll? <laughs> yes. Get it out. Problem solved. <laughs> uh, she at least apologizes. And this one's named Tommy. Hi, I'm Tommy, and I'm your friend to the end. Back at the factory, uh, it's raining outside. It's dark now. Matson stuffs Chucky into the trunk of his car and tries to close it, but just like repeatedly closes the <laughs> trunk on Chucky. We did talk about this last week. It's a, it's a I love, I love the inanimate Chucky getting the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, it's, it's always very, funny. It is always funny. Uh, it doesn't fit, so he throws him in the back seat. Makes a, a car phone call to his wife, who uh, wants him to pick up a bottle of vodka for their anniversary. I, ass- for some reason, just because of the level of horniness involved in this conversation, I assumed it was like a new chick, a mistress, or oh yeah, or like a, a new. Does he uh, say it? It's but it's his wife. It's their aunt. I thought he said this- it was their two week anniversary. Oh, is that okay? I thought you know. I thought he said that too, but then like I must yeah. have misheard that two week. Okay. That is funny. Yeah. I think he's just talking to a hot PC. He recently <laughs> started. Who wants to drink a tire bottle of vodka that night. Yeah. It, well, what is he? I know what that does to you. Okay, I'll get it. Yeah. It's um, like, makes her pass out, you sicko. So he goes into the liquor store. Yeah. And then, um, oh, God, there's so many things I wanted to say there, but I can't. Uh, <laughs> this is all Bill Cosby related. <laughs> oh, no. No. Um. She goes into the liquor store, then, oh, finally, then uh, Grace gets a phone call. It's Chucky calling from the car phone. He's trying to find Andy. Now, this is his Uncle Charles. Did you notice that Brad Dourif sounded a lot like Danny DeVito in this movie? No, but I noticed I, that he sounded a little different. I, I, uh, I had just watched Romancing the Stone okay. like the night before, so maybe why. that influenced me a little bit. Uh-huh. But uh, Yeah. So uh, Matson can't buy the vodka because he doesn't have cash. Remember that was the thing. I mean, I guess I don't carry cash. Like, <laughs> yeah. Now that was like crazy at the time. But now like, no, I don't carry cash. Well, it's funny because for me as, as like an ex service worker, he, they have the exchange where he's like, this gold card is as good as cash. And the guy's like, not here. And I was yeah. like, I was like, yeah, fucking your gold card doesn't mean shit. It's pain in the ass to process. If you don't take credit cards. And then, American Express charges a bunch of extra vendor fees. So that's why mm-hmm. a lot of people don't take it. Um, yeah, it's the system is broken almost. Uh, back in the car, Chucky puts a gun to his head. Where the fuck do you get a gun? Oh, yeah. I, that is res- I, don't, I don't need to read every one of my notes. But <laughs> I had the same thought, though. I went through this same thing. It's like, where did he get this little doll gun? And then what is the answer? It's a squirt gun. That's right. Okay, that's <laughs> <laughs> we both went on the same roller coaster yeah yeah, yeah. it's like I, I wrote it down because i was yeah. like oh that's crazy and then yeah it's like oh it gets resolved but then i, I did it think it resolved. was a cool touch that this guy's car was just stuffed full of toys i mean yeah it's me like, too yeah i'm like yeah that's clever and it's interesting right it's an interesting detail 
So he holds him at gunpoint and makes him drive uh, and like has him park. And Matson thinks he's being mugged, but no, Chucky ties him up with jump rope. One of two times he ch- he ties somebody up with jump rope in this movie. Then he's like, bang, you're dead, and squirts him. It's a water gun. <laughs> Matson starts laughing, like, huh, you got me. Uh, and then Chucky puts a bag on his head. It's like a plastic bag. And laughs maniacally as Matson suffocates. Then there's a low POV shot as Chucky runs up to the house of the Simpsons. The Simpsons. Uh, Joanna's reading Andy's story in bed. It's about Hansel and Gretel. And then she changes the ending so it's happy. And then they found their parents and they lived happily ever after. <laughs> and Andy's like, wait, no, that's not how it ends. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Chucky's in the house. He comes face to face with that Tommy doll. Uh, who's like, hi, I'm Tommy. He's like, shut up, you idiot. And then he beats, he beats Tommy doll, the Tommy doll, like to death with the statue that Andy got in trouble for playing with. Um, and then he buries him in the backyard under the swing set. I like the, I like how this Tommy doll is treated like a real dead body through most of this movie. Yeah, because he gets buried and unearthed. Unearthed. Like, evidence. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, the next morning, Phil interrogates um, the kids, Kyle and Andy, about who broke the statue. He grounds both of them. Um, and then uh, they later they're talking, like at the they're doing laundry or something. He takes a puff of Kyle's cigarette when she hands it to him to hold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the uh, Kyle, the Kyle and Andy bonding stuff is the only character note stuff that really works well yeah. for me. Throughout it is this. a good relationship between the two of them. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely, and it's and and like it's 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 not because the actors. It's like I like everybody in this. It's just they just don't get used that well. I mm-hmm. think you know the plot just kind of doesn't. It like misses opportunities that you think it's gonna take, and and then it like really fast forwards over other stuff. Like I, I'm just thinking about like the Chucky calling the, the foster home. Yeah, just, it's like he immediately finds that information out, and yeah. then he's there. Right, and it's just like, wait, there's the, what happened to like the normal pacing and development that you would expect? And then it's like, well, then you would, okay, so in my mind, I'm like, if I'm being generous, it's like, okay, he's going to get to the house fast, well, then something else will happen, but it's like, not really. It's like, he kind of torments Andy for an unreasonably long time. Yeah. You know? This, this, is, this movie's only like an hour and 20 minutes long. Really? It's very it short. short. Wow. It's, it's like 24 minutes, I think it is. Okay. Uh, it's very short. It, it does, kind of like the first one, it does sort of drag a little bit. Yeah. In the middle. Uh, so upstairs, Phil's having second thoughts about Andy. Of course, Andy overhears this and feels terrible. Um, Joanna does stand up for him, though. Um, Andy finds the Chucky doll, who he thinks is Tommy, and he's like, all right, I'll prove to them that I'm not crazy. But first he checks, uh, there's a funny moment where he, he like picks up the doll. He's like, I hate you. And Tommy's like, or Chucky is like, hi, I'm Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he checks the batteries. There are batteries in him. So that he's like, well, I mean, it can't be Chucky then. He goes upstairs with the doll to show that he's like over. He's like, hey, I have my new friend. Don't worry about me. Then they're outside on the swing. 
uh, he's talking to Kyle. She never knew her parents. She like was put up for adoption when she was three. Mm. Chucky's watching all this, and then he sees they're oh oh the the feet their feet are almost scraping on the Tommy doll. He didn't bury him very deep. Uh, so then they get called in for dinner. Later that night, Andy wakes up. Chucky's tied him to the bed with jump rope. Here we go, jump rope number two. <laughs> Surprise! Did you miss me, Andy? I sure missed you. I got a new game, sport. It's called Hide the Soul. And guess what? You're it. Uh, he starts saying his classic voodoo spells over Andy. Suddenly, Kyle comes in through the window. She had snuck out. She's coming back in. But Phil and Joanne come in. They think Kyle is the one who tied Andy up. Yeah. Uh, so she, she could gets... sneak out. That's yeah. craven. Which it, it totally. Andy's like tries to convince Phil. He's like, no, it wasn't her. Which is like at that point, like, I don't know who. Yeah. Why are you? Why are you? Why would you continue believing that she did that if he was like, no, she didn't. She really didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Then, like, who are you uh, arguing with at that point? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ex- and he didn't tie himself up. That's impossible. They're not doing right. it together. It, it's a weird little lapse in logic. Uh, yeah. So Phil, to, like, show that Chucky's, you know, can't do anything, throws Chucky in the basement. And down there, he starts, his nose starts bleeding. No, I'm turning human again. This stuff uh, is also, I want to say. Can even somehow the uh, the Chucky turning human stuff is even more confusing in this movie than it was in the previous one. Yeah, and it's like it just it really feels like something is like somebody should have hammered out this mythology a little bit more and just like spelled it out for us. You know, of yeah, like, it's like I don't think he need I I don't know if they need the human part of it. Yeah, like, like why is he tra- like can he just be pissed that he's a doll? Yeah, exactly. Like, I want to be a human again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Although it does lead to some like fun gore later, kind of the only gore in the movie, right? Yeah, it's like they, him having like human blood. Yes, admit but, yes, admittedly. But see, I think it would be better if it's just like the second he uh, inhabits the doll, the doll is just like has, <laughs> has blood, blood and stuff. <laughs> it's like boom, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're done here. No, you're not wrong. Uh, so Kyle and Andy walk to school. The school bus. Um, I mean, there's not much, not much else happens there other than that we see as the bus pulls away, Chucky's underneath the bus. He sees little legs dangling. Um, (laughs) and then, uh, Chucky, at some point, Chucky's in the classroom rummaging through some papers. Um, while Andy's getting picked on in class, Andy gets picked on in class. Someone flicks his ear and he's like, get lost, microchip. Which doesn't didn't get make that any one. sense. Yeah, okay. You didn't get it either. <laughs> no. And the teacher gets mad at him for talking. You called uh, him a microchip? A microchip. That is the worst thing you can call him. And then she goes through the papers, and we see that Chucky had written, fuck you, bitch, on Andy's paper. <laughs> Pretty good. This is yeah, a good bit. This is a good bit. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. And then uh, she's, of course, is mad at Andy. Andy opens yeah. like a little cubby and sees Chucky in there. And he's like, I didn't do it. Then who did? Like, Chucky. So she locks Chucky in the closet. Leaves Andy in the classroom after class is dismissed to put his head on his desk. 
for detention or I guess either detention or recess. It's detention. I think it's because it's after school. Uh, it's after school. Uh, Andy looks like she leaves the room. Andy looks through the keyhole and peekaboo. It's Chucky's looking back at him. He'll let me out. I won't kill anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> and Andy's like, fuck this. And he leaves through the window. Uh, the teacher, Mrs. Kettlewell, comes back into the classroom and she looks in the closet because she hears some shaking in there. She thinks it's Andy. Looks around. Um, and then Chucky pops up behind her, stabs her in the back with a ball pump, gives her a couple pumps. I don't know what that really does. <laughs> it's, it's like Re- Reebok pumps. Or it's like, <laughs> she should get like, ba- like blow up. Yeah. It's like, trust me. It's, it, it's, there's more support now. Yeah. You, you know, you can They're jump tighter. higher, yeah. jump higher. Uh, she grabs a yard. He grabs a yardstick. You've been very naughty, Miss Kettlewell. And then I guess beats her to death with a yardstick, which seems yeah. impossible. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this, because this is this is not uh, by any means an original idea. I'm having trouble figuring out what other movies you would see this sort of trope in. But like this is the death that kind of makes the most sense to mm-hmm. me, where it's like you would almost expect Chucky to go around almost in like a sort of murderous Robin Hood kind of way, just like killing everybody who's an asshole, right? Uh-huh. To to blame Andy? Well, n- not, I mean, partially to blame, not not really even that, where it's just like there's sort of like a logic to a movie where it's like this like sort of psychopathic killer kills all these people who kind of deserve it. So you're sort of like Oh, okay, it, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? And that's kind of what I expect, like with the the foster dad, where it's like if they had made him like a like a real creep, mm-hmm. then like everybody gets this sort of satisfaction out of when Chucky offs him, right? It's like you you have or, or like there are these dudes who show up in a scene soon who are like hanging out with Kyle and they just seem like really skeezy, right? Yeah, and it's like imagine if those guys like did something more than just be kind of like shady. Like, they did something real offensive, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, Kyle runs away, and then Chucky shows up, and he murders both of them. Yeah. It's like, it it creates this atmosphere where you as an audience member are going, like, yeah, get him, Chucky, right? Yeah. But they don't do that. This is the only time they do it is with Mrs. Kettlewell, and then the rest of the time, it's just sort of arbitrary. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, you know, so they're sort of just reusing the Chucky's this murderous thing that just wants to kill Andy. Mm Mm-hmm. But what if you like, yeah, it's it's more interesting for them to have some sort of, all right, you know, you and I have been enemies so long that, I don't know, I, I like I like this idea that you're putting forth. I don't think I'm it's not, my idea. I think this exists in multiple other horror movies. That's uh-huh. just, it feels natural to me. We say um, I say this at least once a week. Listeners, chime in. Let me know. What am I thinking of, but not unable to, to name? I did sort of skip over um, those dirtbags that Kyle's friends with. If you had anything oh, yeah. to say about them. No, just that they were, they show up and they're like, you missed a lot of fun last night. And it's yeah, two yeah, dudes. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, these guys are creeps. Yeah. Um. All right. So uh, at home, Andy tells the foster parents that Chucky's after him. And Phil opens a basement door and we see Chucky still down there. It's like, hey, so it couldn't have been him. Uh, later, he's complaining to Joanne. It's like, what do you suggest we do? Send him back? Was she trying to do an American accent in this and just can't? Or is she like British? 
She's very British. She's very uh, British, but I couldn't tell, like, in the movie. I she... also couldn't tell. I think she is doing her regular accent, but kind of dialed back. Okay, it's... yeah, so she's, like, from from England originally, but, like, living yeah. in the States. She's like, she's, like, your boss Adam's mom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever talked to your boss's mom, which I, I have. have, I have many times. It's a long story. Don't ask. But uh, yeah, she she is originally English, and so she's got like a very kind of buried under decades of being in America English accent. Right. Okay. Um. So she she's like, "What do you want to do? Send him back? I don't want to traumatize him." Of course, Andy can hear all of this, and uh, Kyle comes in to comfort him. She's like, "Hey, don't worry. I've lived with dozens of families, and they all send me away when just when I'm getting comfortable," which is like very sad. Yeah, and that's the life that Andy has to look forward to. I know. If he doesn't get murdered. Yeah, that's really shit. I should say possessed. For something he never yeah. did. This yeah. is never anything that... He never caused any of this to happen. Yeah. And if he was a more likable little kid, I'd feel terrible. But I, at this point, one and a half movies in, I find him kind of annoying. I oh, really? That. Yeah. He doesn't bother me. Um, so later on, Andy goes to the kitchen to find a weapon. He grabs an electric meat carver that runs on batteries, I guess. Um, she, he opens up the basement door and Chucky's not down there anymore on the floor. So he looks around. There's a lot of weird shit down there. It's like a, like a cigar store Indian or something down yeah, there. Classic. <laughs> um, Andy's bumping into shit, making a ton of noise. Suddenly, Chucky drops down on him, bites his ear. The meat carver goes flying. Upstairs, Phil's like, I heard something. Uh, Then goes down to check it out. Andy gets the carver, slices Chucky's head a little bit. Chucky runs off. The light pops on. It's Phil. He tells Andy, he's like, Andy, put the knife down. And then Chucky gets like a fire poker. It almost looks like something like a vaudeville actor would be pulled yeah, like off the stage. Yeah, like a cane. With. Yeah, like a... Yeah. Like a hook. Yeah, yeah a giant hooked cane. Um, He hooks Phil around the leg. Around the, he like around slips the... it through the, the stairs. The backs of the stairs are open. This is, and this is this was a murder that stuck with me. I like remembered this from when I saw this when I was a kid. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, he, like, sticks the poker through the steps because he's under the steps underneath Phil and he, like, wraps it around his foot. And then, like, hangs him upside down over the cement floor. How's it hanging, Phil? <laughs> yeah, the physics of the whole thing don't totally make It doesn't really totally make sense. But Chucky lets him fall. Phil lands head first, breaks his neck. Horrifying way to die. Fast, um, though. Relatively fast, though. Painless. Yeah, you're right. Just There's something, like, viscerally, like, ugh. It's horrible it. to look at, but I imagine as in terms of ways to go, it seems decent. That's true. That's true. You gotta hope you should. Ho- well, no, that's that's very ableist of me to say, but it's like, yeah, you probably want to go and not, not like stick around paralyzed from the neck. It's down. personal choice, but if you're personal someone who choice, doesn't yeah. doesn't want to be in a bad, yeah, who doesn't want to keep living after situation. Uh, so then, this is when Joanne like freaks out and tells Andy like, "Get away from me." Like, she's like, now, like, you caused the right. death of my husband, which is understandable. But it also doesn't really make any sense, because it's like, they come in, and the the handle on the stairs is broken, and he's at the bottom of the stairs with a broken neck, mm-hmm. and Andy's just catatonic. It's well, like, I don't think that she thought Andy did it. 
it's like that you were down here fucking around and my husband came to check on you okay and he fell off the stairs yeah trying to you know what i mean i guess okay that makes sense but yeah anybody who thinks the kid did it the bridge too far yeah i I agree um so phil gets taken away in a body bag then andy's i'm sorry joanne's packing andy's shit uh grace is there to pick him up and bring him back to the orphanage and Andy warns Kyle that Chucky's still in the cellar and Chucky is down there. We see him under the stairs. Um, Kyle takes him, takes the doll, Chucky, puts him in the trash and lights his cigarette, sits on the swing and re- kind of reflects. And what's that on the ground? It's Tommy's hand or something. It's Tommy <laughs> sticking, sticking up from the dirt. Something? Uh, what is it? Is it Tommy's? <laughs> yeah, it's Tommy's. It's anatomically correct. <laughs> um and she pulls he... him up. Oh sorry, go ahead. No, no, I shouldn't. You continue. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't. It's too naughty. <laughs> Ooh, dare I? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Ooh. Um so then she checks the trash. Chucky's gone. She heads back in the house, grabs a knife. There's a weird sound coming from upstairs. She goes up there, opens up the the door to Joanne's sewing room. It's been established that she likes making curtains. Yeah, it's a really big plot point that yeah. I definitely noticed the first time, and I was like, of course, she's in her sewing room because she's a seamstress. Yes, exactly. Um, the sewing machine's going, but she's not moving. Kyle turns her around. Oh, shit, her throat is slashed. Chucky rises. Go ahead. Yeah, it just feels, it feels very unceremonious. Yeah, it she, really does. She, she dies off screen. She, it, it, it feels like the kind of thing where it's like, did something get cut here? I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe not. My beer can is floating across my desk. Like haunted beer can? guess so. It just totally moved on its own. That was weird. I mean, I guess it's just probably on a, a little bit of, there's a little bit of water underneath or something. Okay. We'll see, though. If I don't make it, we'll find out. You'll know why. It's the poltergeist in my house. Um, So Chucky rises up behind her, jumps on Kyle's back. She struggles. A lamp gets knocked over. She picks it up, hits him with it. Chucky grabs a knife and knocks her to the ground. Bitch, you hurt me. So she drives Chucky to the orphanage. He's huddling her like at knife point. Um, (laughs) Funny if you didn't explain that, and you're just like, then they made up, they and made she gave up. him a ride to the orphanage. Yeah, they're like, oh, we, we, you and I have a lot in common, actually. We both fucking hate Andy. <laughs> ruined our lives. It's fair, fair criticism. Um, they get pulled over for speeding. Another fucking missed opportunity here, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, because basically, he just pulls him over. Yeah. And then, like, he's like, oh, what's that? A good guy doll? I love them. And he's like, Chucky's nose starts bleeding. And then he's like, oh, what's that? And he's like, well, you you, you seen dolls that pee? This one bleeds. And that's it. No. The cop should have fucking died. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a complete filler scene. I will say this. Uh, that interaction, the blo- the bleeding thing, my suspicion is that is a little Easter egg because that was another part of the original Mancini first draft of, of the original movie oh, really? was that was that the good guy dolls would bleed <laughs> and the producers they were like why would anyone ever buy a doll that bleeding bleeds? Doll. and i'm like valid criticism you know 
Um, so then uh, we see Grace tucking Andy into bed. She leaves the room. He immediately gets up. Meanwhile, Kyle slams on the brakes uh, while the, she's driving with Chucky. Chucky goes flying through the window of the, the windshield. You goddamn women drivers. <laughs> it's like even that's like for like a series that is steeped in like bitch. Like, yeah, that is so fucking weird. <laughs> I mean, it is it is like at this point it is set in stone now that it's like it's a character note. Chucky is, is clearly like toxic misogynist. Yeah. 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 Um, then she hits him again with a car. Tries to run him over again and move. He moves. She crashes like into a fence. Uh, she gets out. Chucky grabs her um, and puts a knife to her throat. Playtime's over. Meanwhile, at the orphanage, the alarm goes off. The fire alarm. Everybody's being evacuated. Um, and uh, they go- Annie goes down the stairs. He's like at the top of the staircase. He looks down. And Kyle's there holding, in yeah. quotes, Chucky. And he's with Grace, right? She's holding, she's like escorting him out of the orphanage. Is that right? Uh, Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. Andy's with Grace. Yeah, she's like there taking everybody out of the orphanage. Right. And so Kyle's holding Chucky, but really like Chucky's like holding a knife to her back. Um, And Grace is like, did you ring the bell to Kyle? Um, So Grace takes the doll, takes Chucky. Chucky stabs her. Then she falls over on the Xerox machine. Oh, boy. Hold on. Meanwhile, mine's flopped on his back. (laughs) All right. I'm muting. You keep talking. Okay. Uh, Grace takes it. Chucky stabs her. She falls over on the Xerox machine. We get a bunch of copies being made of her dead, her, like, dying face. Uh, Somehow, I didn't write how, Kyle and Andy get separated. And then Chucky leaves Andy out by knife point like out of the building kyle gets out like through a window or something and then uh she sees andy and chucky getting into an open newspaper truck that's like just stopped it's yeah like chicago sun times truck yeah um so then she, she follows them as the truck fl- uh pulls away kyle catches ends up catching up it's not even like oh there's a yeah cause she's in the car she catches up with him Chucky flips her off from the back of the truck. Uh, and then Kyle forces the truck driver to pull over. She looks back there. Andy and Chucky are gone. But where are they? They're right in front of the factory, folks. The Playtime Factory or whatever it's called. Playtime Pals? Play Pals, yeah. Play Pals? Something. Um, inside, there's stacks of Chucky dolls everywhere. I'm just going to call them Chucky dolls. It's just easier. Yeah, it's fine. Um, uh, excuse me, Eric. They're good guys. They're dolls. good guy dolls. Uh, good guys dolls. Good guys dolls. It's the it's plural. Chucky starts the ritual to like you know exchange his soul into Andy's body. Kyle arrives. Uh, Andy opens his eyes because I guess he had been knocked out or something. Blood starts pouring from Chucky's nose. Oh no! It didn't work. I spent too much time in this body. So it feels like this is supposed to be something we were supposed to realize, but it doesn't like there's this is like a this is the ultimate like telling instead of showing moment where it's like 
nothing happens on screen and you're like i don't know what's going on yeah he's i've seen his nose bleed before yeah i don't don't know i don't know so then we just have to have him explain oh the ritual didn't work my nose is bleeding it's like yeah Uh, yeah and and this is another one of those instances where i'm just like this needed more fleshing out uh so i'll 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 get through this end sequence fast there's a lot of yeah there's a lot lot of stuff happens happens. It, it is it is actually pretty cool i do like this sequence Mm-hmm. But basically, Kyle knocks knocks a bunch of boxes onto Chucky. They run off into this maze of doll boxes. Uh, they have to go up a conveyor belt. They go up those like rolly things that I, I don't know what they're called, but they're like they used to. We talked. Did we talk about this once? That Discovery Zone. Did you ever go to a DZ? No. It was like uh, it was like kind of like it came after Chuck E. Cheese. It existed in the nineties. And it was like a place for parents to take their kids. And it was just all jungle gym type shit and like oh, tubes okay. to climb through and like ball pits and things like that. And this was one where you'd go down a slide that was those rollers. But if you weren't careful, you'd get your fingers caught in them and like hurt like hell. Oh, man. Have you ever been to the City Museum in St. Louis? No. Oh, it's the fucking coolest place. Basically, this like eccentric millionaire who ended up being uh-huh. killed when a when a bulldozer rolled over on him built this uh giant giant like seven story playground okay for adults and kids okay um in st louis out of all like old industrial like not waste that sounds bad but just like you know scraps and stuff sure sure. it's fucking incredible it's so cool there's like a slide there's a slide that goes down like seven stories and stuff it's it's Really amazing. Anyway, that's what that made me think of. Yeah, you should watch some Discovery Zone commercials on YouTube. It's a shame that you never went to one. It was. Yeah, I, I guess they probably just weren't any around me. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, so Chucky gets his hand closed in a gate. He has to pull it off. And like, I like when Chuck like so Chucky is the way that we actually get some gore in this movie because it yeah. seems like it hurts him. It hurts him, and right. blood comes out. Hmm. Um. And then so we see the assembly line. Again, there's that machine putting the eyeballs in. They have to crawl by it without getting, you know, stabbed by it. Chucky takes the blade of a knife and like sticks it into his stump, which seems incredibly painful. Yeah. For not much. You're not gaining much. Yeah. What's the payoff? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I question this decision. And then he screams. He's like, I hate kids. Uh, so then there's a jam with the eyeball thing or whatever. It's in uh, a worker has to check it out. Or just some random factory worker. Yeah. The we only also, factory worker. In the the only place. guy working there in this full like yeah. assembly line running. <laughs> um, there's a, we also see there's a vat of molten plastic dripping on the ground. Uh, so the worker has to unjam the eye machine. Chucky slices his throat. And then. Chucky, the doll eyes get <laughs> jammed into the eyes of the worker, like on t- like squishing his own eyes. Right. You are waiting for it to happen for the entire sequence when yeah. you're just like, okay, well, there's an eyeball fucking thing. This has got to go into his eyes at some point. Uh, and I have to say, it's fucked. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, that's what Elliot said when he watched it. It's yeah. fucked. It's fucked. Uh, Kyle and Andy see that they can fuck up the dolls 
by putting them in this like part of the assembly line that essentially just like sticks a bunch of legs onto them or something like they that. yeah i guess it's like they they make this discovery that if they send a doll backwards they reverse the assembly line and send it back into where it got arms and legs put on it yeah it'll just put more arms and legs on it and turn it into like a mangled freak yeah <laughs> and so yeah you're like oh maybe that'll pay off later who knows who knows maybe right now chucky pops up they press a button in like the thing that punches the hair into the Chucky heads, like gets injected into him and pinning him to like, like whatever surface he's on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it also seems like it's really painful. Yeah. He's, he's screaming like, the whole time. <laughs> it's got, it is. I like, I like that. It's funny that <laughs> Chucky's getting really fucked up. Uh, Andy, please. I was only playing. Kyle flips him off and then a bunch of limbs get attached. And Brad Dorff, I think, does a really good job selling that it's incredibly painful. Yeah. Uh, so Chucky comes out like this mass of limbs. And then like, oh, we did it. Let's get out of here. Um, okay. So then they follow like this trail of blood. Oh, we follow this trail yeah, of blood. They're, they're stumbling out. And then, and then the camera pans down. And yeah. See all this. Blood. There's a trail of blood, and um, we kind of follow it. And Chucky is cut in half. He's like just the top half of his body, and he's crawling yeah. at Andy. Um, he stabs at Andy. The knife gets caught in like a machine or something like that, or like a, a grate. Grill, grate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then we see again that molten plastic dripping. Yeah. So Andy thinks fast, opens up the pipe, covering Chucky in this like oozing, melting plastic. Steaming hot, like plastic lava. Yeah, plastic lava. It's a great way of putting it. Um oh oh I forgot that's uh, I forgot that uh uh Kyle had like fallen onto the assembly line and Andy saves her from getting a bunch of legs like put yeah, onto her. <laughs> that's right. She's about to get sucked in the same way he got done dirty. Yeah. So then uh, this I remember this ending mm-hmm. was legendary amongst my friends and I. <laughs> uh like when we were little. Yeah. Cuz I think I only remember like being described to me like I think my friends saw it and was like talk telling me and I was like so fucking horrified. <laughs> so Chucky's this goopy mess. He pops yeah. up he attacks Kyle, uh, and a it, hose, like an inflatable hose. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and it's, and it's, and it's put together. Like it's like false death. Number two, like you are, yeah. he like, he's, he seems dead again. Post plastic lava. It's like, okay, he really got him this time. Uh, they stick a hose in his mouth. He inflates like a balloon and <laughs> boom, he explodes. Okay. Death. Number three, death. Number three, they leave. Where are we going home? Where's home, Andy? I have no idea. All right, there you go. 43 <laughs> minutes and 55 seconds from what I can see. Nice. Good I work. did it. Nicely done. Uh, off the air, we're like, all right, 45 minutes. We can do this. <laughs> I tried not to say anything interesting. <laughs> yeah, you had a lot of really great zingers that you just didn't say. Just sat on, you know? Yeah. Well, what if the people want it to move fast. They don't want to be entertained. So, uh, as far as deaths go, we have the lab tech at the mm-hmm. beginning who gets electrocuted by Chucky. Matson, um, Miss Kettlewell, Phil Simpson, Joanna Simpson, Grace, 
And mm. finally, that lowly factory worker. And I guess let's let's tack on Chucky onto that. Sure. What was well, your favorite one of the bunch? I mean, if we're counting Chucky, it's definitely Chucky. Like the end. Yeah. Like that's the obvious answer. If that is allowed as an answer, because it's. I think so. It is the best gore, and it is drawn out, and it's. It's 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 exactly what we want, right? It's clever. It's creative. It's gross. It's great. It's the best kind of of violence. <laughs> um, I'll give an honorable mention to the factory worker. Sure. Because when you see those eye things, you're like, oh, fuck. Here it comes. Somebody's got to get those things jammed in their eyes. And it it does happen. (laughs) And it's fun. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All right. So this movie is, uh, you know, how old it is. I don't have to always do the fucking math. I always insist on doing the fucking math. I like when you do the math. I feel like it's part of the procedure. And it also is good because it makes us feel old. As we should. (laughs) It's 31 years old. What? Uh, Certainly, oh fuck! Can you? Oh my god! Every time, <laughs> it's like, uh, um, it's like the Doughboy saying, "Wow, yeah, <laughs> yeah." This movie is old enough to be not weird if I dated it, but still younger than me. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think that's grooming. Uh, <laughs> excuse me, my fiance. Ch- Chucky is minor coded. This movie is older than my fiance. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah, canceled. Uh, that is like my least favorite new like trend yeah. in social media is just like canceling people who are d- also dating adults, but like six years younger. It seems like it has to be an exaggeration, right? It feels like, like it, but I think the people, some of the people who are saying it are serious. Yeah. There is a problem with some young people. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. They, I yeah. mean, there lots of people have problems. Then they're not always right just because they, they're young and up to date on stuff. Yes, ex- exactly. They're not always right just because they have a lot of Twitter followers or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But yes, just I want to get on the record here as someone whose opinion on this really matters. Uh, an 18 year old <laughs> dating a 17 year old is not grooming. No, 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 no. A 23 year old dating a 17 year old or like a 25 year old dating sure. that that's a little weird. Yeah. And that's more than a little weird, mm-hmm. especially when you look back at all the people that that happened to like in high school. It's like, Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, Jennifer's dating a 21 year old when she's right. 17. Then you think of like, that guy's fucking weird. Yeah, <laughs> like, that guy's a creep. Yeah, for sure. But Anyways. like a 30, sorry. Yeah. I'll finish my thought. No, no, uh, no. I want you to finish please, a 38 year old dating a 31 year old or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. no, they, you're all adults. That's not, you're fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, that's right. Half your age plus seven. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. Uh, all right, so here we are. Moments that didn't age well. Uh, I think, I mean, it's pretty clear for me. It's the, yeah. it's that women drivers joke, which is Absolutely. not even something you hear anymore. Yeah, no, it made me think of being around, um, you know, adult men when I was a child. Like, yeah, totally, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, this is what it was like when I was seven, when this movie mm-hmm. came out. That even then, I knew that that wasn't a good joke. It's like blonde jokes. You don't hear blonde yeah. jokes anymore. All right. Except from Joe Bob. Yeah, Joe Bob does do a lot of blonde jokes. Like, I, yeah. love, I love Joe Bob, but they're... Yeah, yeah. he is not, old not enough to be either. somebody's grandpa, and it shows sometimes. It shows sometimes, yeah. Uh, what do we do next? Is this a scary... Is scary it, scale, miss, yeah. We'll, we'll come up... We, 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 keep, we keep saying we're going to come up with a, a new one, but for now it's still 1 to 10. 1 yeah. to 10. 
Uh, I think this movie is significantly less scary than the last movie. Yeah. It's, you agree with me? I do. I think it's a little more depressing, but sure. it's less it's less scary because it's a, it's a lot more um, kind of zany. Yeah. Uh, so I'm probably going to go down to like a... F- Man, I was gonna, I, I, go ahead. I was I was going to say what I think you were. Want to say at the same time? Okay, ready? Yeah. We'll count down. Three, three two, two, one. One, five. five. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Three, two, one, five. That's also my uh, ATM pin. So. <laughs> so if any hackers out there, oh, you shit. get all the, all the money that Mike has. You got to change it. <laughs> all right. And then finally, our classic, Mary Fuck kill mm-hmm. um mike you why don't you go first or do you want me to go first it's since you. you you had you have to think about it a little bit i don't know. I don't have to think about it anymore i thought about it okay so, yeah. why don't you kick it off okay i will kick it off i'll blow it up like chucky's head um okay so you guys have heard most of my thoughts on this but just to recap i think um better tone better cast uh probably better set pieces better murders all that stuff so and this is a horror movie we haven't talked about that this is really a horror movie the first one's like a thriller kind of yeah 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 this one's definitely a horror movie and i appreciate that um things that i don't like i don't think the script is very good uh i don't like the set design uh and i don't like the set period like it's not just the set design it's not like the designer's problem it's like the fact that none of it is real mm-hmm. you can feel it and it doesn't feel as good to me um i think that overall it's like it's it's almost a little bit of like a friday the 13th type situation where this is like more of a uh what you would think of as being like a platonic chucky movie than the first one at least. yeah yeah you know so in that respect it's a success uh, depending on how much you like that idea of like what a chucky movie is um he's quippier and it, you know, it it wants to move faster than the first one, but it still manages to slow down at certain points. And again, I blame that on the script. Um, overall, I did enjoy it, and I think that this is a movie that really, and I hinted at this at the beginning. I think it, I don't want to say it suffers from, but I just think it, it it probably hits different depending on how old you are, mm-hmm. uh, and. You know, as much as horror movies are kind of meant to be for adults, like, there's this understanding that, like, kids are going to watch them, especially kids like you and I who, like, seek them out. Mm -hmm. And so this movie is, I think, probably great for that kind of kid. If you're, like, 10, 11, 12, Uh and you have, like, a morbid curiosity for horror movies, this movie's probably awesome and scares the shit out of you. Yeah, because it's not that violent. It's It's not that horrifying. Yeah, yeah. As an adult now, it missed some some marks for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that overall, I mean, it's definitely still a fuck. Um, and yeah, it's like better in some ways than the first and, and in other ways it falls short. And I think, uh, but I'm like, I enjoyed it. Uh, and I don't think I'm going to watch it again anytime soon, but I think I will watch it again at some point. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of, that's where I landed on it. All right. Uh, I think those are all great points, and I I agree with with a majority of what you just said. I think the main point where we diverge is that I I think I appreciate the uh, 
even the sets, I sort of appreciate the unreal quality mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. Just as how they feel in the movie, uh, which is a little louder, a little brighter, a little <laughs> campier. Oh, here he, here he is. Hey, Fig, what's up, my man? Finally, after all this time, you've woken up. Uh, I forgot where I was going with that, but I, I think... Oh, there's fireworks going off. That's what it is. Oh, great. Whole cacophony here in Lincoln Heights. <laughs> um, all right, so... It's a fuck for me also. I think uh-huh. this is one I'm probably more apt to throw on than the first one because it's just like, it's sort of a breeze. You know, like yeah. if you're not taking notes for this movie, it's sort of just like, yeah, throw it on, pay half attention to it. It's fine. It's fun. It's a good midnight movie kind of vibe. Yeah, totally. It's a, it's a kind of movie that I wouldn't, like, you're not going to miss much if you're looking at your phone playing Candy Crush. Which yeah. is like sometimes what I want. For <laughs> yeah. instance, that's what I want to do tonight. I just want to put sure. a no-brainer on and play some Candy Crush. Yeah, or maybe watch our next movie. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, it's a fuck for me. Fuck for both of us. Um, We're like those two skeezy dudes uh, beating up with yeah. Kyle. That's a fuck. That's a fuck for me. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll take a quick break and then we'll come back. Talk murder clinic. Okay, we're back. Um, and so a few weeks ago, I guess three weeks at this point, we unveiled a new segment where. Mike and I, uh, using a random number generator, get assigned a movie out of John Stanley's book, Creature Features. A beloved uh, encyclopedia of freaky films that we both had as young, younger men. Yeah, this is how we found a lot of the movies that we later, you know, became obsessed with or sometimes hated completely. But, you know, it was a way for us <laughs> to find out about movies. Mm-hmm. And so the movie that it selected for us was the 1966 Italian horror movie uh, Murder Clinic. I can't remember what its, it, what its name is in Italian. Doesn't matter. It's known as Murder Clinic here in the English-speaking part of the world. Yeah. So just to recap, um, this is what John Stanley's Creature Features said. He gave it three and a half stars out of five. Uh, I'm not going to go over the um, plot summary because we'll talk about that in a second. But he talks about how it is overacted but compellingly presented with period ambiance, costumes, and Baroque settings. Uh, Plenty of gore, some was cut for TV, and creeping around to create tension and suspense. Hmm. All right. I wonder what... Okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. So Eric and I watched The Murder Clinic. Mm-hmm. You can do so too now if you still haven't and you want to. Yeah, I did tweet a link for it uh, on our. May as well get this out of the way now. Mm-hmm. Our social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, everything at Killstreak Pod. I tweeted the link to the YouTube free on uh, YouTube. Free on YouTube. I tweeted that, so check it out if you want to. Yeah, or so, maybe hear what we're about to say. <laughs> yeah, or listen listen to what we have to say first and then watch it, uh, mm-hmm. or don't depending on what you want to do. I don't know. Eric, how did you feel about the murder clinic? Uh, okay, I'll start with some positives. Okay. Um, I think it looks great. Yeah. There's some like really beautiful photography. The sets are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very much an Italian giallo movie. Like it is, it is true. Although it's almost kind of proto giallo. Sure. It's <laughs> a funny thing. This fun thing to say. Proto giallo, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's technically this is like after because I, I, I mean, I, I think that Bava is considered to be like the first real Giallo director. 
mm-hmm. and that's also to be clear just as film because the the concept and the 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 name giallo actually comes from like paperbacks that existed mm-hmm. before the film sort of genre was birthed out of those stories but you know it's essentially just like italian horror thriller kind of yeah it's like a murder mystery with like a cloaked figure using a razor blade to kill yeah yeah there's a lot of recurring tropes and that sort of thing and yeah so this movie definitely has some of those so and and it did come out after the first couple bava movies so i guess you could consider this one of the earliest examples of the genre uh so yeah i think it looks great and now let me say my next thought it is interminably boring (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i it was there's a lot of characters it's hard to tell them apart sometimes very hard yes there's two guys that i could barely tell apart there's three women that i could i could barely tell apart apart and also didn't understand what their individual roles yeah were supposed to be now i'll try to shed a little light on it but we're not gonna spend a long time on recapping the plot um in fact, we may not really do a true recap even. We're still feeling out how we want to do this discussion. Yeah. Um, uh, those are my top-line thoughts. What about yourself? Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, my, my dumb dad joke that I was chuckling to myself <laughs> as I was watching the movie was, murder clinic, more like sleep study clinic. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, man, it is fucking boring yeah but it's like it started out it starts out pretty good like yeah I was like, okay i can get into this i can get into this mm-hmm. and then by like minute 40 i was like what the fuck is happening yeah this movie would be much better if it was 40 minutes long yeah um, i think and it's Where's what the... it's like 90 something like yeah that. it's like it's 127 yeah yeah almost 90 um hour and 27 i'm sorry hour 20 i always do that yeah, yeah. um what was I going to say? The uh, What was the gore that was cut? Because there's barely any gore, and we must have watched some TV version of this. Yeah, we may have, because there was very little gore. Um, most of the dying happens off screen, which is not all that uncommon in Giallo movies, at least at this in this era, in the 60s, mm-hmm. in the early 70s. It really wasn't until Argento in the 70s that you like started to really get gnarly with some of that stuff. Um, not that he was the only one. Fulci kind of took it even to another level, which is why he rules. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. Uh, let's talk about the plot for a second. Uh, I'm not going to attempt to make sense of it because for one thing, it is heavily reliant on just crazy red herrings left and right. Yeah. So pretty much there is a clinic. It's not technically a murder clinic. They don't advertise. No, no. It, it it's like a combination burn ward and psychiatric hospital. Yeah, there's like a lot of it's a sanatorium, but then the the guy who runs it, his specialty is like skin grafts. Yeah. Um yeah, but anyways, his name is Dr. Vance. And uh in the movie we get introduced to like we start out <sighs> There's like a weird nude scene that seems apropos of nothing. Did that make any sense to you? Like in the opening credits? No, I appreciated it though. There's a lot of, uh, yeah, I appreciate the beauty of the human form. A lot of very sexy, like nude under sheer let like nineties in this movie. (laughs) I was into it. Show me your Teddy. 
That's what you sound like. Uh, I can see your undergarments. Ooh, nice teddy. Um, anyway, it's the grossest word ever, teddy. Uh, anyways, hey Fig, Fig's on camera for those of you at home who can't see. Yeah, who can, can't? Which is everybody. Yeah. Um, we get an early killing. There's a uh, a mute uh, patient at the sanatorium uh, who. Somebody, as Eric pointed out, in a dark robe, probably with a razor blade, sneaks into her room. And this is a recurring theme in the movie of this hood-wearing killer trying to grab somebody and failing, and then they run away. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of botched attempts to murder people. Yes, Uh, yes. (laughs) So, this mute woman goes, uh, instead of waking up anyone in the hospital, she runs into the woods. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. She doesn't go to population, like where it's populated. She just immediately goes right. by herself into the woods. Yeah. So she gets killed. Uh, but then the the murder gets covered up by the doc, the head doctor and the mm-hmm. head nurse, right? And they're like burying her in the in the woods. Is that right? Is that in my remembering? Yeah. In a cave. Okay, yes. And then so then we get introduced to this new character. Who Giselle. I didn't recognize as a new character because she right. looks so much like the other character. Yeah, she because there's another new nurse. So uh-huh. there's the there's the bad nurse, Sheena. Then there's the new nurse, Mary. Mary. Yeah. Right. And why then, can't they just have that be the main character? Don't know. But okay. hey, why not add a third woman, Giselle? Yeah. yeah. Who who witnesses them disposing of the body, but it's fine because she's also a murderer because she killed her husband. <laughs> right. Uh, in an earlier scene, uh, we're just introduced to them and they're like arguing and then she clubs him over the head. And I was like, am I supposed to understand who these people are or why she murdered him? And the answer is no, there's not really a lot of information. Um, so then, you know, we get introduced to the rest of the characters of the sanitarium. So then there's the, the head doctor's wife, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who is Elizabeth, right? Mm-hmm. So she's a blonde lady. So is Giselle. So is Mary, right? Am I yeah, all like the same that? shade of blonde? Yeah, they're all like 30 ish blonde yeah. Italian women. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then eventually we we figure out that there's some sort of creepy thing in the attic, basically. I forget. I mean, you know, and essentially. At various points in time, we are pointed at like five different characters as potentially the murderer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, oh yeah, there's the crazy guy too, right? Isn't there the male the male patient? Yeah, there's a male patient who like hears stomping and he gets violent. If we, right. The the introduction of Mary is so funny because she goes to two different patients. She's like attacked by two different patients in a row. Mm-hmm. It has. For somebody who's about to be a nurse in a psychiatric hospital, has no like grit whatsoever. No. <laughs> like fucking she, goes like, to pieces. Falls bump. apart yeah. constantly. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. Anyways, there's a lot of guessing as to who kills, who's killing everybody, and you know, I I don't like I said I'm not gonna spoil it, but I'll just all I will say is like it's meant to be a mystery. So if your immediate assumption is like, oh. Well, the scarred freak woman in the attic must be the killer. Well, <laughs> this must be your first rodeo. <laughs> that's, that's the last person it's going to be. Um, yeah. So anyways, uh, more people die. Eventually, there is a big reveal 
with an admittedly pretty hilarious uh, flashback sequence. Yeah, that was very funny. That was probably my favorite part of the whole movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, uh, it's pretty confusing. Pretty slow. Really slow. Pretty boring. Really slow. Really slow. Yeah. Um, and it just doesn't really stand out in any way other than it's a good time for filmmaking, right? It like the, the film stock and the cameras, it it looks good. The sets are cool. Yeah. It seems like if it's a studio, it's a cool set. And if it's not, I mean, there's definitely some real exteriors and stuff. So yeah, overall it's got a nice look. I actually really like the score. I thought the score was really solid. Uh-huh. Uh and it's, you know, a real instrumental score. Obviously it's the 60s. There's no synths yet. Um but overall just like this seems like a movie that really is only out there to satisfy kind of jolly completists. Yeah. yeah. I I would definitely say don't seek this one out unless what we've just described to you sounds really interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, it's there's just better ones out there, and I'm not even a big Giallo. I'm not a right. huge Giallo fan. I think even like the best ones, yeah, like the Argento ones, are still kind of boring for me. They can be, yeah. Um, and and this is like, and this isn't a huge insult either to this movie because it's like everyone involved, like the writer, the producer, the directors, everyone had made like a hundred of these. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, actually not the director only movie he's directed. I looked it up. Oh, that's right. Because the director I think is the producer or like it was something like that. Yeah. I, he's produced a shitload, but yeah. Uh, like, but I think yeah, he had just... to step in. Um, and then the main actor is, is relatively well known for that area. His name's William Berger. Um, who is a guy that I didn't recognize, but I was I, like, I was like a, read a bunch of stuff and it's like apparently i should have recognized this guy i guess he's famous yeah he's sort of like um i don't know what where he's from but it, it reminds me of like a situation oh he's from i think he did a lot of westerns los angeles oh yeah so i was gonna say he reminds me of like dicaprio's character in once upon a time in hollywood yes absolutely i'm sure that this movie or some other movie like it was part of you know inspiration for at least some brief cutaway scene and once upon a time um yeah but anyways i i I think that's that's mostly what i have to say about it do you have any other thoughts you wanted to share about the murder clinic before we get into the old fuck mary kill no not really um yeah no i i think i'm good all right (laughs) so then let's count it down uh we'll say it at the same time all right sure ready so fuck mary or kill the murder clinic i just touched my dog's butthole accidentally I thought it was his head. I was petting his head. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> right. Reminds me of a recurring joke on another podcast about a Leslie Nielsen line from another movie. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wrongfully accused. Anyways, I'm restarting the count now. Okay. Three, two, one. Kill. kill. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, not in a, a fun, exciting way. <laughs> no. Uh, okay, there you have it. That's our, our verdict on Murder Clinic. Uh, yeah, but hey, we're gonna do. We're gonna pick another one of these. This is fun. I, I like doing these. What? What? At what frequency should we aim to do this? I would say like once every a month, four episodes. Yeah, like yeah, that sounds right. So we will. This episode that you're listening to right now would have released on June 21st. 
So one week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks on July 19th. Okay. We will reconvene to discuss our next creature feature. All right. Do you have the random number generator pulled up? Okay. I got to remind myself the book pages go up to 596. So I'm going to generate a page right now from okay. 1 to 596. And that number is 388. 388. Right in the and, middle. Yep. And now I'm going to generate a number between 1 and 10 for the capsule review. review. Or if you, do, you, do you want to count how many reviews are on that page? I can. I can do that. Yeah. Well, I vamp. I'll vamp. Sure. Yeah, vamp a little. Yeah, so leave us a review on iTunes. That'd be or it's not called iTunes anymore. Apple Podcasts, whatever it is, whatever it is nowadays. Leave us a review. It could be very helpful. Uh spread the word about this podcast too. Um we definitely would like to hear get some more ears listening to it. And uh hey, if you host a podcast, we'll be your we'll be a guest. <laughs> <laughs> let us come talk about movies yeah. or whatever the fuck yeah we'd on love you. to uh get on your podcast and shout out our podcast at the end after we finish talking yeah <laughs> okay there are 12 titles on this page some of them are re- refer us to other movies but that's fine and as we've discussed in the past as exciting as they may be if the movie we land on appears to be non-horror like very clearly in another genre like fantasy or science fiction, then we will probably re-roll it. Yeah, right? or Are if there... it's not available anywhere. Yes, obviously. if it's not if available if, anywhere. If okay. we can't watch it, then we can't do All it. All right, so here we go. Random number 1 through 12. We are looking at 8. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. The other the other the other 1972 three stars the capsule review is as follows thomas tryon's best seven selling novel which he adapted heavy with religious symbolism is such ingenious storytelling it is difficult to describe without giving away its jolting surprises under robert mulligan's direction it unfolds on a connecticut farm in 1935 and shows the strangest abnormal psychology in children since The Bad Seed. In spite of visual gimmicks, Mulligan never cheapens the story, only enhances it with his clever manipulations. We refuse to say anything else, except see it. Alright, let me see if it's on YouTube. It's not on any traditional other streaming service, so The Other, really, 72 full movie, let's see. Making of the Other, trailer, full movie. Stars uh, famous acting professor, teacher, Uda Hagen. Ooh. Uda. <laughs> it looks like it is, yeah, it broken up into like three minute sections, I, I think. Okay. Um, let's see. Amazon knows of its existence, but it's not currently streaming full it. Full movie. Maybe it's not actually. Shit. This is everyone's favorite part of every podcast. Yeah. The making um, of the other. Daily Motion. Oh, yeah? Yeah, let's see. I've got the other part one. Oh, yeah, here we go. Yep, part go, one, one, one hour. Let me just make sure there's a part two. Did, do you want to tell everyone our Twitter again? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> At Killstreak Pod. JK. Um, okay. Here we go. 
Oh, cool. We found I found a Daily Motion user who just uploads pirated movies, so this is fun. Sweet. Okay. Um, just putting them in order here. Um, I think we are in good shape here, though. I okay, think, cool. I think we've got... Yeah. This person... Yeah, so it is on Daily Motion, so it's definitely, you know, a pirated copy, so... Apologies to Thomas Tryon. If you hear the podcast, if you or Robert <laughs> Mulligan would like us to send you $5 for rental, we're <laughs> both happy to do that. Um, yeah, it would be great if, uh, if we could get this on a real streaming service. Yes, but both parts of the movie are here. So we can share those on our Twitter. Uh, if you guys want to watch along, we're not advocating for movie piracy, just saying, hey, we found these links. Do with them what you will. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, I'm excited. This sounds interesting. Yeah, all right. Yeah, uh, so come back on June 19th for that, but come back next week when we review Child's Play 3, which was rushed into theaters nine months after Child's Play 2, so you know that means it's good. Yeah, I think it's universally considered to be the worst of them all. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely saw it and didn't like it when I was a kid, but we'll see how it's aged. Uh, I mean, you've typically gotten more forgiving as you get older. That's right. (laughs) Well, you have to be, you know? Things just stop working the way they're supposed to. You gotta give things time and patience. Yeah. I already closed out my uh, my sheet stupidly. Oh, this piece of shit. So um, I'm just gonna say, as always, goddamn women drivers. <laughs>